Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. Football is back, and so is winning season at MyBookie. NFL, college football, and a brand new cash-out system give you options to bet and win all season long. First two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet, or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Use early cash outs as a tool to stay in control of the action at MyBookie. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag now and register an account for free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use promo code TSUS to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's promo code TSUS to claim your deposit bonus and, for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. You can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at Prize picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. So many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use that promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on? How are you? I'm all right, Chris. I'm calling in, obviously, in response to, uh, you know, you put out a video about, you know, where are we with Clayton White? And obviously, I think everybody knows, at least on this show, that I was very outspoken about, you know, Clayton's defense last year. So um, that's what I was calling in to talk about. Um, How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic, Bree. I appreciate you calling in. I'm excited to hear what you have to say about – about Clayton White, who seems to be a really, really hot topic um, over the last 24, 48 hours or so. Yeah, so obviously last year, you know, I spoke about Clayton a lot. lot, And, um, you know, I never was like, hey, we need to fire Clayton White. I'm not on that. I'm, I'm not on that now either. I just thought that Clayton needed, you know, people needed to be looking at defensive things. We were very focused on Satterfield last year. We were very focused on offensive woes. And I, you know, I called in a lot of times and go, guys, nobody's talking about, you know, some of these defensive miscues and, and schemes. And, and that was a lot of what I noticed last year, spending time breaking down the plays and looking at things. Was it for me, it was less about miscues and more about schemes. That Clayton, I felt like Clayton came over from Western Kentucky in a different league and just wasn't really prepped for what he was going to have to deal with in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I talked about spies a lot last year. You know, dude's mm-hmm. got to start spying. We, we deal with a lot of mobile quarterbacks. Well, going into Tennessee, we actually saw that last year. That was a big difference for me as, as to what made a big difference in uh, the Tennessee game. Obviously, our offense exploded that game. We weren't any of us expecting that. But what nobody really talked about was we also held Tennessee to what was it, 32? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 31, 32 points, I believe, you know, and this was a team that was scoring 60, 70 on like everybody. So, you know, nobody really talked about the difference in the defense in that game because we were all so amazed in the offense. And then we went to Clemson and, you know, we only gave up 30 to Clemson. 31, I think, something like that. You know, it was 30. What was it called? 31 to 30, yeah. Like 32, 31. 31 to 30. 31 to 30. You know, so we held held two really good teams to 30 points. You know, um, I know that, you know, we look at, you know, the the second half of the UGA game and go, damn, we, you know, we we didn't do anything defensively. Um, Now, I go back to the offense there, you know, the defense was left on the field a lot. Um, the schemes is what I was looking at. You know, I don't feel like we did a great job against UNC, uh, but I do feel like the schemes for Clayton White have actually changed a lot. I've noticed that 
Because like last year, and like I said, all the way going into Tennessee, he spent a lot of time. It was a lot of man, 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 man. He was relying heavily on his, his DBs being very athletic um, and, and shutting down pass offenses. But we were giving up a lot of run yards, you know. So anytime we were down, these guys were just eating up clock and keeping our offense off the field anyway. Mm-hmm. So we were not doing And we still obviously do a, a horrible job getting off the field on third down. That's something we have to really address is getting off the field on third down. But um, – for me, his, his, his schemes have changed a lot. He has started mixing up. He's using a lot more zone packages. Uh, he's adding spies and seeing delayed blitzes versus just straight, you know, man-on-man, you know, put five in coverage, man-on-man, and send six, you know, you know, send the house and, and leave our guys one-on-one in coverage as much. And we're starting to see more, more zones. We're starting to see spies. We're starting to see a difference in the scheme. Clayton has done a great job recruiting. I mean, the defensive recruits are, are, are really standing out. So we do probably need to give the guy a little time to, to A, adjust to the SEC. If he wasn't starting to make changes, you would be hearing a whole different tune from me. Because last year I was all over that. Right? I was like, dude, Clayton is not calling games very well. He's, take, he's taking too long to make adjustments. I do think that obviously in the second half of UGA, uh, they came out, they made their adjustment, and our our whole coaching staff was not prepared to make their own adjustment. They took, you know, they did not readjust to the adjustments that UGA came out with, but that wasn't just Clayton. That was offensively as well. I almost felt like they came out in the second half trying not to lose versus trying to win, if that makes any sense. You know, it's like, hey, you know, we're, we're up, we're beating them. All we got to do is keep doing what we're doing. And it was like they didn't come out of the locker room with the mentality of, hey, we really got to start stuffing more points on the, on the board. We also have to be prepared. They're going to make some changes. I mean, you, you have to know that UCA is going to go into the locker room at halftime, make adjustments, and it's not going to be the same stuff coming out. And you have to be, as a coach, mentally ready going, all right, what are these adjustments going to be? Mm-hmm. That is the one thing I really am still critiquing on Clayton White right now is Sometimes it's, just, it's taking him too long to figure out what's going on in the game. You know, uh, other games like UNC, we didn't start really slowing them down until the third quarter. I know other people were like, well, it's because they slowed down. They were already in the lead. We, the game was close enough. UNC was not slowing down and hoping that they were just going to hold out, you know, mm-hmm. and win that game, you know, on a two-score on a two-score game that early, you know, in the second half. You know, by the fourth quarter, sure, maybe they were making making a, a change and going, hey, we just need to play the clock. But, you know, in the third quarter, we still weren't really making adjustments. Uh, the adjustments didn't have, excuse me, adjustments, defensive adjustments didn't start slowing them down until kind of late in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's just taking, I see just too much time making these adjustments. Now, on the other side of that, I've been worried about his, you know, just not having a strategy coming into the game that's been working in the first half. That was not what we saw at UGA. I mean, they shut them down well. I know a lot of people are going, well, UGA was just off or they weren't playing well. I felt like defensively we did a great job in the first half. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I felt like he had a great, you know, he had a great jab. But when it got to the second cross, there was you know, the second half. There was no cross. There was no one-two follow-up. You know, it was like, hey, I got the jab. 
it's working, it's working. I'm gonna keep working on my jab, and then the second half comes in. There's no, there's no two punch. You know, it's like, hey, they adjusted. What are you gonna do to adjust now? I feel like maybe it's an experience thing, Chris. Maybe it's like I said, the game is much faster at the SEC level. Clayton White is certainly an experienced defensive coordinator. He knows what he's doing as far as being a coordinator. He's definitely getting us high-level recruits. Mm. But he maybe it's just going to be an experience thing. Maybe it really is. We're just going to have to give the guy a little bit more time. Mm. Now, if we're not seeing more by the end of this year, you know, more adjustments, faster adjustments in game time, you know, it's one thing to have a strategy. It's another to be able to, to you know, it's like, well, you know, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm in the fight game. You know, Mike Tyson was, you know, everybody has a plan until you get hit, right? You know, well, when you get hit, how are you adjusting to that? And that, that's going to be the real, the real question going forward. Because on the recruiting front, the guys are coming in. We are definitely seeing high-level recruits again. And so I think that on that side of things, we have a good future under Clayton White if he can continue to alter his game, if he can mm-hmm. continue to – change up his scheme, and if he figures out how to adjust mid-game better. Mm. That, I think that's what we're looking at. So as much as I have been a critic of Clayton White's defenses, I've actually seen a lot of improvement through the last portion of last year. And even in this, even in this season, even in the loss of UNC, I saw a lot of improvement in his schemes and stuff. They just weren't paying off. You know, I definitely mm. saw – I've seen a willingness to change up what he's been doing, mm. if that makes any sense. No, Bree, I think that's well said. And I will say, I, I think that, um, you know, the Clayton White chatter is interesting because it never really occurred to me, even after Saturday's game, that, you know, Clayton White should be on the hot seat or what have you. I and mean, I, I definitely felt coming in this was a really big year for Clayton White in regards to the, the defense – slowing down the run and obviously you've got a brand new defensive line coach and Travian Robertson so I, I am not you know I want to make it very clear I'm, I'm not passionate in the sense of South Carolina needs to make a move on their D coordinator how it was so obvious right with Satterfield and the and the, the issues with the scheme and what have you but uh you know women lie men lie numbers don't lie though and if South Carolina's down at the bottom of the SEC standings yet again in, in regards to these statistics go i I think you just have to take a long, hard look at what you're doing defensively. So, um, you know, I, I think there were some encouraging signs against Georgia. Like you mentioned, I think Clayton White has made the adjustments. I mean, normally, I think that's what really surprised me. Normally, they've been really good coming out of the half and making those halftime adjustments. And, you know, Georgia just kind of schooled you in that second half. So, I, I'm curious to see what the defense looks like as we continue to move forward. But, uh, you know, because I, I don't have, a, you know, any ill will or, or some sort of vitriol towards Clayton White. I mean, I, I think he's done a fine job as D.C., but, you know, you kind of start to question when you look at those numbers and you continue to see those those numbers go from one-offs to trends. Um, you'd like to start to see some positive progress. So, I, obviously, I think throughout this season, that's what you're looking for. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I agree, and, and and as you just said, throughout this season, we are in year three. You know, uh, we you know we are we are at a point where recruits have come in. Um, I certainly wouldn't want to get to the end of year three, and he did a he still did a decent job, and we have a whole lot of new recruits coming in. Everybody's still going, hey, fire him before year four. We need a new defensive coordinator before year four. I'm still at this point willing to say, hey. It's going to be year four before we really, really see, you know, all his new recruits on the field, all these new recruits that have, um, you know, that have game time experience and, and experience in the system. Uh, you know, I think year four for Clayton White is, is definitely a factor. But, you know, the fact that eyes are on him now this year, I think is, is not a bad thing. I think that, you know, like I said last year, I was like, I was worried about team. You know, the fact that we weren't, always doing the best or whatever against a lot of these powerhouse offenses or, uh, you know, mobile quarterbacks and things that worried me as far as like, I didn't feel like adjustments were coming. Mm. I do see adjustments. I do see adjustments in the scheme. And as long as we get through this year and we're still seeing adjustments, we're still seeing, um, you know, improvement from his play calling improvement from the kids on the field themselves. I'm I'm definitely not on the hey we're gonna fire Clayton White at the end of year three if if we go six and six you know or whatever you know if this isn't a great season for us however it pans out um, you know I, I'm not on the hey we're gonna fire Clayton White mm-hmm. in all honesty I mean the second half the the, the rain the, everything going on in that game you know but the, the O line just went to straight you know hell mm-hmm. you know in the second half. First half, we had good protection, you know, or good enough protection for Spencer to make plays. Second half, man, it was just like whatever adjustments the defense made, our O-line and our O-line coaches or whoever is responsible for whatever was going on there with the O-line, was it was like two different stories, right? And now you got a defense that, that stuck out on the field, you know, drive after drive. The, the offense is going three and out a lot of times, and they're not staying on the field. Now you got a worn down defense with a with a small roster. Let, let's be clear, we're still not deep in that roster. We're not deep in Georgia, mm. is in their roster. So I, I give some leeway there. You know, I still give some leeway to what we saw defensively in the second half because it's just like 
you know, it's raining. They're starting to, they're starting to push on us with the big offensive linemen. Uh, we don't have depth there. Yes, they're gutting us in the run game, but they weren't really doing it in the first half. You know, it was the second half that they started doing it. They started really leaning on us with the run game. Yeah, we got to figure that out, and that can't happen. But I, I don't want to put that so much on Clayton White. But I do want to remind everybody, the reality is we're going, hey, we, only, we held them to only 24 points. They missed two very, very missable field goals. Mm-hmm. I look at that as a 30-point game for them. Mm-hmm. You know, but 30 points. If I told you that we were going to come out and hold Georgia to 30 points in Athens, you know, before the game, you know, would, would everybody go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's so doable. Yeah, we're definitely going to hold them to 30 points. You know, I think most people went into that game thinking, hey, if we don't have a high octane offense like we did against Tennessee, there's no way we're going to win it. The reality is we actually held them to a score from our defense. Our, even, at, even if we give them the, third, the two field goals, right? Mm-hmm. We give them the two field goals and we say 30, we still held them to a score that was a winnable game for us. The offense really let us down this particular time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't blame Clayton White so much on that UGA loss. Yeah. As long as he is improving, as long as he's doing the things I've already said, I'm still okay with Clayton White being there and continuing to try and improve not just our, our players, but also his own play, his own play calling. It's going to take time. He's new to the SEC. Yeah. You know, he's new to the SEC. Yeah. And I, th- I think there's, I think there's less, I think there's less pressure as well, or, or less attention on the defensive side of the football, just because of, it's an offensive game, and teams are you're expected to score forty points per game. I, I think it's more damning for a football program and a football team if you got a bad offense and a bad defense because everybody's scoring, everybody's moving the football up and down the field, and and so I mean whether that's fair, unfair, what have you, it's not the early two thousands where you got a bunch of ten to seven games and thirteen to ten. I mean if you're not scoring points, anyways, that's the big problem. Bree, I appreciate the call. We're gonna keep it moving again, guys. I uh, let's 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 continue the conversation. I'll say that. Um, Let's see. Getting into your questions, because I know we have a lot of them. Coach Ford says, Mississippi State looks strong against the run, weak against the pass. Looked like a strong running team with nearly six yards per carry average. Got to score or watch them limit possessions. I do think that's probably going to be Mississippi State's game plan. They got Woody Marks in the backfield, two Luke Griffin at the wide receiver position, Will Rogers at quarterback. Uh, but I think they're going to lean on Woody Marks for sure. I, I think they're going to lean on Woody Marks. And um, Nicholas Weil says, we should have beaten North Carolina. Well, we should have not given up nine sacks, Nicholas. I think that's, uh, you know, South Carolina has nobody to blame but themselves for that loss. So, uh, John Gibbs, the good news is, is that the majority of our games left, we can win if we can put it together. Even with the injuries, we have a chance. In case you missed it, by the way, Juice Wells officially out for Saturday's game against Mississippi State. Shane Beamer making it officially official. This isn't my rumor. This isn't the C. Philly injury report. This is Shane Beamer himself, this is Shane Beamer himself, stating that Juice Wells is out due to a foot injury. Uh, he does not think it's season ending, but they will reevaluate. And You know, I, I, I think Shane Beamer is a guy that sees the absolute best in every single injury report. So will he be out for the entire season? We shall see. Hopefully not. But, uh, you know, if it's a broken foot for real, that's, that's a pretty significant injury, I would say. Um, Jesse Jacobs. Love DK and what he means to the program, but think Beamer is doing a huge disservice to the team by not playing Mario and DJ Braswell at running back. Hmm. 
Coach Ford says, I think you're right. Keep it on the radar. LSU's a lot better than most thought after Florida State. Mississippi State did beat Arizona. We must score when we can because Mississippi State will want to run the ball and limit possessions. How about Coleman Hall? We're a really good group of five team. <laughs> Elite skill position players, but the lines just aren't there. I hate to say that, but we don't have an SEC offensive line yet. So until then, or until we can run airway, we need to be realistic with ourselves. Coleman Hall says that South Carolina is a really, really good group of five team. My goodness. My goodness. Um, let's see. Letty Bree, I do apologize. We just kept it moving. I wanted to get to some of these questions um, that we have here. So I, I do apologize. Nothing personal, but wanted to uh, keep the conversation rolling. Let's see. Mm-mm-mm. Ethan K. again, high expectations this year for the big-time tight ends. So far, they have underperformed. What's the deal with them, and why can't they seem to get open? Uh, you know, Ethan K. I'll say this. I heard a lot from Arkansas folks when the Gamecocks got Trey Knox about their gripes of him and that, you know, he had never really been a big-time guy and couldn't really block all that well in the line of scrimmage. I think Trey Knox has been what they said he would be. Also, Joshua Simon. I mean, the dude came in from Western Kentucky, Ethan K. You know, people thought I was crazy when I graded the, the Gamecocks tight end room at a C plus, right? How dare you? This room was an A. How dare? Like, you know what's the funniest time of year? One of the funniest times of year is going through those position unit previews and giving those grades and watching people freak out. Watching people freak out at me because they think I have no clue what I'm talking about or I'm a, I'm a hater, I'm the worst, what have you. Like, it's like, no. No, we just no, we just go through and look at the roster realistically. And, you know, so I, I just think what you're getting is kind of what folks, folks that didn't wear the garnet glasses expected out of these guys. Like Trey Knox needs to improve the blocking. He's got to catch the freaking football. And then Joshua Simon coming from Western Kentucky, man. He's a physical specimen, but welcome to the SEC where everyone is a physical specimen. Uh, let's see. Anyways, we'll keep it moving here. Let's Austin Gregory, hey, sneaky good bet. It's Nebraska not to cover. They're favored by 20. I'm not sure a Marcus Satterfield coached offense can produce 20 points. Good deal. Uh, Austin Gregory, Chris Phillips versus Clayton White's defense is not something I had on my bingo card for a coordinator who's given us a chance to win every week. It really do be your own people. I mean, again, Austin Gregory, I'm not passionately telling you that he should be fired, but I think if you finish 11th or worse in the SEC in rushing defense again, yeah, I, I think there should be some chatter. I, I don't think that's a hot take. Let's see. Mm-mm-mm. Ethan K, which assistant coach is on the hottest seat for us at this point? Monterio Hardesty should have been fired yesterday. So if, I hope that answered your question. Um, the information station, why SC went and got these type of tight ends? I mean, they're not bad players, information station. They're not, they're not bad players. That's not at all what I was saying. They're not bad players, but I, I just think folks had ideas of Trey Knox being like a thousand yard receiver or close to it. And, um, you know, I, I think you could have done much worse in the portal than grabbing a Trey Knox out of, out of the, out of the portal from Arkansas, a guy proven at the SEC level to at least be a contributor. And then, uh, you know, and then, uh, a guy in, in Joshua Simon who had seven touchdown catches for Western Kentucky last year. So let's see, we got a text here from Justin, Chris, who has the worst college football fans, Clemson or Georgia? I got Georgia. Georgia has the worst fans. 
I will go with, I think Clemson now. It used to be Georgia. I think Clemson now. Joyner needs to move to wide receiver. Joyner's not a running back. Many people seem to think that. Coach Ford, we've thrown like five balls at Knox in three games. Well, Coach Ford, he has to get open to get the football. He has to get open. Let's see. Again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Travi says, teams with line play and run game give us problems. If you can't see that, I question your football knowledge. <laughs> Indeed, Travi. Coach Ford says, got to win three of the next five. So three of the next five, Coach Ford, would be Mississippi State, Tennessee, Florida, Mizzou, and A&M, correct? Three of the next five. So you're thinking Mississippi State, Florida, and splitting Mizzou or A&M, I'd assume. It's probably what you're – just three – okay, three three and two in the next five. I don't even think you have to do that to get to seven wins, but, you know, to your point, it makes the path much easier. So I think you got to get to three and three or better through the first six. That's what I've been saying forever, and I think I'm sticking with that. That's what you've got to – that's the point you have to get to. Robbie Davis, what's going on, my friend? How are you? I am doing fantastic on this Tuesday. How's this Tuesday treating you? I'm doing pretty well, man. I appreciate you asking. What's going on? First off, I'm very happy today because my Steelers got their first win last night against the Browns. It was a doozy of a ball game, um, but that's not why I'm calling. Anywho, I think that Obviously, like I've always said, one of the main keys to keeping a team from beating you is keeping their offense off the field. And that is going to be key for this week and for the weeks to come because we are now officially in the meat and potatoes part of the schedule. Okay? Mm -hmm. It's going to be conference games from here on out until we get to Jacksonville State. And in order for us to definitely have a chance at beating Mississippi State, we cannot let Will Rogers get on a roll. We have got to put pressure on him every chance that we get. I don't know if I don't know if he's a good runner or not, but if he is a good runner, I would tell my defensive ends, your job is to make sure he does not leave the pocket. And if he does leave the pocket, we need to have a linebacker or somebody there to hit him real good because from what I heard while watching the absolute domination that LSU put on Mississippi State this past week, they said that if Rodgers gets knocked around a bit, he gets rattled really easy. So we have got to put pressure on him because – the number of times I saw Mississippi State run the ball, I could probably count on one hand, okay? So, if we can somehow get Mississippi State into third and tens or third and nines or third and eights and, or what have you and get our defense off the field because the last, the first, the last, the first three games of the year, our defense has had problems with getting off of the field on third down, especially whenever it's third and long. We 
have a tendency for some reason this year to give up third and longs, and we cannot do that this this week or the weeks to come, or it, 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 this 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 season could go absolutely haywire. This is a big game for sure. It's a big game, man. It's one you got to have. I mean, again, if you're you're, you're in. You're in year three um, against a first-year head coach, complete revamp of the offensive system and scheme and everything and, and, and culture too. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think this is a huge game, Robbie. So, um, and, and I would agree getting getting in the face of Will Rogers and, and force giving him mistakes and, you know, continuing, you know, Spencer Rattler continuing what he's done um, would be a pl- great place to start to, to getting the win. So, uh, yes, this is a big one, man. It's one you got to have. And, and Rattler, obviously, at some point, he's not going to be able to do it by himself. So we definitely need everybody on the offense to step up. And I'm not just talking about receivers and running backs. I mean everybody, offensive linemen, everybody, okay? Because it's, it's about to get real, real quick because – we are now going to be doing having conference games every week for the next month or so. Mm-hmm. So we've got to just figure out something. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, figure out a way to make it better to where it does work. The Spurs Up Show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun, and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code SPURSUP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP, S-P-U-R-S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. And also tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought, whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is, buying tickets shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app 
or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Robbie, you always know what to say, my friend. You always know what to say. Truly. And 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 I definitely think that Rattler is going to have a good, a really good game because from what I saw from Mississippi State's defense, okay, they couldn't stop a, they couldn't stop a, they could not stop a, a snow blizzard in Boston if they tried, okay, okay, they LSU was doing whatever the heck they wanted to against Mississippi State's defense. So if we struggle, if our offensive line struggles this week, we are in some serious trouble. Mm -hmm. But I definitely do think that we're going to get the win this weekend. Just solely based on what I've seen from Spencer Rattler. He is not trying to really force it as much as he did last year. So you are, Robbie, you are picking the win. That's what you just said, correct? You're, you're going ahead and going on record yes, on I Tuesday. Am, okay. I am picking us to win. Okay. But, and as always, I will have my prediction ready to go Thursday. I'll give you my prediction on Thursday. But a little bit of a spoiler, I do have us winning. I just don't have a score in my head quite yet. Gotcha. But, um, and I think at some point, this defense is going to start getting some turnovers. And if there's ever a time for you to start doing that, it's this week and the weeks to come because it's just going to get even harder mm. the longer, the, 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 the deeper we get into the season. Mm. Indeed, so, yeah, Robbie, I, I'm uh, I'm excited to hear what your actual score prediction is. Like what the what the what, what you got for a score on this game? I'm, I'm excited to hear it. Well, I'll have it for you on Thursday, ready to go. So, and I would not be surprised. Okay about if this was to happen at the end of the year, regardless of how the season ends up. I would not be surprised if Montario Hardesty got fired. I I thought he should have been fired yesterday, my guy. So, I mean, I, I, you know, I would not be shocked at it either. I would not be shocked at it in the slightest. So, but um, that's, that's all I got. And uh, I will uh, have my prediction ready for you on Thursday. So um, I will talk to you then, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Go Gamecocks, and to heck with Clemson. To heck with them. Well said, Robbie, you're the man. I appreciate it. You too, buddy. All right, man. All right. Later. Great stuff from Robbie Davis, guys. Keep the conversation rolling, 843 Seven seven that's eight four three seven nine zero three three seven. 
Seven Austin Miller locking in his pick. He's got 31 to 14 Gamecocks. 31 to 14 Gamecocks. How about it? Here we go. Let's jump straight to the phone lines here. Peyton, what's up, man? How are you? Good about yourself, Chris. What's going on, man? I'm, I'm doing well, man. I appreciate you asking. What's up? A uh, couple things I'd like to talk to you about today. Um, number one being, uh, I think we found ourselves a left tackle and Tree Babalade. I think um, for a true for a true freshman to come in like he did and um, and really hold it down as as good as you can ask anyone to do against a talented Georgia front. And um, just, I, I think uh, this past weekend was his coming out game. And I think we can now comfortably say we, I mean, me, you and I have been saying it for a couple of weeks now, but I think we've found a, a much better replacement for, for Sidney Fugar at tackle and uh, Babalade. So I think we got two out of the five O-linemen starters. We got two of them. Well, we can live with them. We can live with Gargiulo. Mm-hmm. And we can live with Babalade. Those, those two guys have uh, have emerged through three games as as our two cornerstone guys. I feel like, and now it's just now it's just time to see who the next guy mm-hmm. who the next guy steps up is. Uh, I'll say it's a it's a hell of a blow to to have Marquis Anderson out for the rest of the season. That's um, that, that hurts, especially for that kid. He's, he's super talented, and he he needs to see the field as much as he can. But I know he'll be back. He'll be back next season and and in the mix for sure. But I think uh, it's going to be exciting to see who uh, the the next young guy or maybe one of these FCS transfers can make a turnaround. But it's it's going to be exciting to see who makes the the next step on the O line. Mm. Yeah, we got some young guys, man, that are, are are on the up and up for sure. I mean, you mentioned the performance of big trouble, big tree Babalade in, in Athens, and. Uh, you know, feel good about what Gargiulo's done to this point, but I, I, I'm excited to see two, three years from now what the offensive front looks like and uh, what that's going to yeah. be with the Gamecocks offense. I think obviously most of us are really hopeful that uh, that Lenora Sellers will be that next guy, the next big time quarterback in Columbia. So uh, you know, the, the future's bright, man. Future's bright in Columbia, and obviously it starts with those um, start starts with the big uglies up front. So the fact the way they're recruiting and and, and you see those young guys performing and performing well and. You know, who knows? Maybe it pays off later this season and we look up game six or seven and South Carolina actually has a, you know, has a uh, competent rushing attack. Wouldn't that be something? So, um, but yeah, definitely, yeah. I think, uh, you know, the, the the future is bright with those young guys and that talent you've brought in. For sure. That, that's, uh, that kind of segues into the next thing I want to talk to you about. Um, recruiting rumblings, man. I know uh, I heard you say a couple days ago, or maybe it was yesterday, but um Josiah Thomas earning his fifth star. Yeah, respectfully, that's uh, that's that's pretty big for uh, for a guy as talented as he is. I'm glad to see he gets that validation. Now, it stars on everything, but it's it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like running, kind of like running with uh with track shoes or barefoot. You, you get a better time. You don't necessarily need need track shoes to run track, mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily need five stars to win, but they sure should help. So I think um, uh, it's it's big to see Josiah Thomas pick that fifth star up. I'm looking for Cam Pringle to do the same. 
Um, but I got a question for you. Um, have you heard anything about, I mean, Daniel Hill, I know he hasn't, has he even released a commitment date yet? I know no, I've, I've heard, I, I've heard nothing new. I, I'll try to find something out cause I'm getting that question a lot. It seems, but I've, I've heard nothing, yeah. nothing new on Daniel yeah. Hill to this point. Um, anybody else? Have you have you heard any, I mean, any recruiting rumblings? I mean, it seems like we've kind of hit a hit a wall as the season got underway. <laughs> yeah, and I, I haven't heard anything, man. I, I think that uh, you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go full Dan Mullen on you and say that you know this is the season and that's for recruiting season and we don't talk about recruiting in the season because <laughs> yeah you never stop recruiting. But uh, I mean nothing nothing I think that's really all that noteworthy. I mean, like you mentioned, Josiah yeah. Thompson got his fifth star, which was really really cool. And but I, I've heard nothing in regards to like you know, new guys committing or, or anything of the sort. So, um, I, I heard you mention uh, Matthew Fuller's name the other day. Are there some, are there some issues getting a commitment from him? Matthew Fuller, the running back, correct? Yes, yes, sir. No, I, I, I think all I've heard from Matthew Fuller is he's been crushing it. Like, his statistics are crazy right now. So, people are high yeah. on him that, uh, you know, he could come in and compete and be a guy in that running back room, which, I mean, I think anybody's going to have um, – you know, I, I think anybody's going to have a chance to come compete and have t- to get reps because there's not a lot of answers in that running back room. So, um, no, yeah. as far as I've heard from Fuller, man, he's doing really, really well. That's awesome, man. That's always good to hear. Um, he's uh, he's out of Georgia, right? Plays, plays yes, Georgia. yes. Fuller is the kid out of Georgia. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh, the next thing I wanted to talk to you about, man, is uh, one of the keys I think to uh, to victory this week. I think. Um, is it is it looking? Is there any sort of promise about JT Gear coming back anytime soon? Is it this week, next week? Do you have any, any so, speculation? Yeah, on? Beamer Beamer apparently said he did some things in practice today. Um, however, you want to take that. I, I I don't think we're really going to know until later this week. Um, yeah. I, I would say you know he's been dealing with what from what I've heard it was a high ankle sprain, so it's just one of those tough things where. Uh, you know, those things can linger, and it, it is unfortunate. It is very unfortunate because, you know, this is a guy you picked up and we're counting on out of the transfer portal. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I think it's just one of those things, man, you, you cross your fingers and you hope. But it sounded like he did some things today in practice, but I, I'm not going to hold my breath or anything because you just never know with these with these injuries, if you will. So That's it, especially, especially with a high ankle sprain, man. You, you hit the nail on the head. Those things can linger, man. Um, some, sometimes they never truly get fixed um, without surgery. I mean, some, sometimes those things just if if they're not managed properly, they can they can really they can really put a hurting on you. Mm-hmm. So um, that's uh, that's that's at least promising to hear that he's yeah. he's out and he's active and he's mobile and he's doing some things. That's that's always good to hear. But mm-hmm. um, one of the big keys for for this uh, for this win, we gotta we gotta put pressure on Will Rogers, man. I know we haven't been able to do that a whole lot. Um, we we were we had some success doing that with uh, with some creative blitz packages this past weekend. Our linebackers played our asses off in Athens. Now, I mean, Stone Blanton had a boneheaded penalty, and maybe we didn't fill some gaps all that all that well. But I mean, all in all, I think our linebackers had a hell of a performance this past week. And I think if we keep that up and try to try to help help these uh, help our our weak D line uh, create some sort of a pass rush on Will Rogers, I think we 
not got to knock him off his spot and get Williams Bryce rolling with some defensive play. And I think uh, I think we should be able to seize control defensively. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, one one of the big things is like I said, just trying to get a pass rush on Will Rogers and not knock him off his mm-hmm. spot. You got to, man. Can't let him get comfortable for sure. And it's slow down Woody Marks in the running game. You do that, I think you got a really, really good shot. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it. So, um, but I think uh, I think Rattler Rattler should be looking his chops, like mm-hmm. like you said. I mean, Mississippi State. They're uh, now. I think South Carolina's secondary is just uh, is slightly better, and I don't say that on a whole lot of faith. But I think uh, Rattler should be looking his chops. Him and him and Leggett is a uh, Amari Brown should make his return this week, right? He was he was nursing a hamstring. Yeah, Beamer week. said he did not practice today, but I think they're hopeful they're going to get him back. Uh, okay, well, yeah, I mean, hamstrings is another one of those things that can linger. Um, I'm just glad Ian Woolley was able to work through his um, and give us some give us some valuable snaps. Yeah, uh, Beamer Beamer said uh, he didn't practice today. Expects him to be able to practice tomorrow. Calls his status questionable for this weekend, which I don't know. Exactly. Man, questionable in Columbia normally means they're not going to play, but hopefully that's not the case. Yeah, well, um, I mean, we'll be that as it may. You know, we still got we still got some talent uh, yet to be seen. In, in terms of big valuable snaps, um, I'm put, I'm I'm obviously hitting at big number eight, Nick Harbor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a very real possibility that he's just not ready to play. That's that's very real, and it's it, it could that could be true. But you know, I think uh, JC JC said it best. I think he I think we really he his game suffered from progressing being is that he didn't get in until after spring ball mm-hmm. and he didn't get the first he didn't get the first of the summer and he was out in fall camp so I mean he's kind of he was kind of behind the eight ball there for a little while but I think he's he's slowly progressing mm-hmm. but all in all like I said man I think uh Rattler's got the talent to make plays against anybody I think he should be looking to chops against Mississippi State secondary what do you think I mean, I think so as well, man. I mean, I think it sets up well. You look at the numbers. You look at their their greatest weakness is South Carolina's greatest strength. I mean, the Gamecocks. I mean, you just look at this this game on paper. South Carolina leading the SEC in passing offense, and Mississippi State one of the worst defending the pass. So it does set up well, my friend. It does set up very, very well for Spencer Rattler, especially he continues his hot play. I don't see anything stopping him on Saturday. I agree, man. I agree. We're look, looking forward to looking forward to more more big things from Rattler. Um, I'll uh, I'll holler at you more this week, and uh, we'll we'll talk more in depth. We'll, I'm excited to see what uh, the position comparison that that's going to be fun. I'm mm-hmm. excited to see a, a, a more in depth breakdown of Mississippi State's roster. I'm not I'm not as well versed as I should mm-hmm. be, perhaps as a as a SEC SEC fan, but. I'll, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. It should be a fun night on Saturday. But like I said, I'll, I'll highlight you more this week. You take care out there, man. I'll, I'll, I'll call you tomorrow. Thanks for us up, Chuck. Go Cox, buddy. I appreciate it, Chris. Thanks, Peyton, man. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for the call. Great stuff from Peyton. And, yeah, look, I'm excited too, guys. Tomorrow we'll start breaking down Mississippi State. We'll dive into the position unit, position unit comparison, which is always a lot of fun. Always uh, creates a stir, it seems. But, uh yeah, looking forward to it, guys. Another one of those just – I mean, this weekend serves as just another one of those coin flip SEC games in which, you know, 
for a middle-of-the-pack SEC team, which I think is what South Carolina is. That's not being disrespectful. Winning a game like this on Saturday <clears throat> is the difference between having a six-win season or an eight-win season. I mean, it's it's that's really what it comes down to. Rebecca, what's going on? How are you? Good. Hey, I want to tell everybody about something that I did yesterday. Go that's right ahead. Funny. All right, my grandfather needed help to do a brush pile to mm-hmm. help him burn it. Well, the point is, I had a Clemson T-shirt, and I put it. I done a T-shirt burning of a Clemson T-shirt yesterday, and I recorded it. I said, this is for all the Clemson fans. And I, I wrote, uh, raised up the T-shirt, and then I put it in the fire, fire pit or the fire hall with the brush. <laughs> wow. Just, I love that. And then I did a Raiders uh, T-shirt, too. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, you should you should see it. I, I sent you the video on uh Facebook Messenger. Did you? Okay, I have not. I have not seen that. Yeah, you should post that on uh, Spurs Up Show. Let everybody see it. I will. I will definitely do that. I say a lot of them would love to see that. That's awesome. I'll 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 have to check that out, Rebecca. I I I'd love to see that. Uh, I was up to no good last month. <laughs> up to no good indeed. Right. Uh, I'm gonna call in on Friday for the, you know, for the good luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, hey, it, it it almost worked. It almost worked. Yeah, if it wasn't for Will. If it wasn't for Will. Yep, it was Will's fault. Will jinxed us. Hey, people are asking people are asking the question, Rebecca, why did you have a Clemson shirt in the first place? Where where'd the Clemson shirt come from? Um, from a Sunday store up here where I live. I did it because I wanted to do it just for the fun of it, to, mm. to aggravate my I have a cousin down in South Carolina. That she's a big Clemson fan, so I I thought I'd just do that just to aggravate the car out of it. Mm. Hmm. They got all kinds of t-shirts. Uh, Dallas, they got all NFL, college, and everything. And I didn't pay about a dollar for that um, mm. Clemson shirt. Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense. So, you got to think, have you ever heard of them Sunday stores? I haven't. I cannot say that I have. Well, it's basically like a little store with all kinds of stuff in it. Like, no, I don't know. It's called a Sunday store. It's just the way it's been like that since I was growing up here. So, like, you know, like a junk store in a way. But, it's not. Mm, okay. I learned something new today. I had no idea what that was. Yeah. 
If you ever come to Tennessee, I could show you that Sunday store. Yeah, I want to do that sometime. Why not? Hey, you'll like it. Even I found some South Carolina Gamecock t-shirts up here. Okay. In that store. Nice. Very good. But there's other very the old team, uh, old team players, but it's still South Carolina Gamecock t-shirt. The way I look at it, hmm. you know. Yeah, I got you, Rebecca. I got you. But anyway, I want to get off here, and I thought I wanted to share that to everybody. Post <laughs> that video. Up yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to get that video. I haven't even seen it yet, so I'll, I'll take a look, and we'll make it happen, Rebecca. We'll make it happen. So. Yeah, everybody would get a laugh out of it. I know that for sure. Well, I'm going to get off here. You have a good day, Chris. Rebecca, I appreciate you calling in. Always a pleasure. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Uh, Great stuff, Rebecca, burning Clemson shirts and whatever. I don't know. Some Listen, some days are, are more madness than those. Yeah, Madison Duncan, Chris, tell me about that shirt you're wearing. This is Roback. R-H-O-B-A-C-K. Madison, we've actually got a deal with them. Use promo code SPURSUP at checkout on your first purchase. you got to create a new account on their website. But you use that promo code SPURSUP, you get 20% off your entire purchase. This polo is called the Cola. The Cola. C-O-L-A. The Cola. So, I mean, dude, it is so comfortable. Probably the most comfortable polo I've ever put on. Um, again, 20% off. And so you can't probably tell... It's a bunch of small little states of South Carolinas. That's what makes up this shirt, right? So it's a bunch of state of South Carolinas put together. Uh, really, really cool, man. They got they sent a hoodie as well, and it's so nice. So highly, highly encourage you guys to check it out. And you'd also be supporting TSUS if you make a purchase from them using that promo code Spurs Up. So really, really good stuff, guys. Appreciate you all. Appreciate you, Madison, asking about that. And Thank you all so much, guys, for tuning in. Again, the continued love, support, like I mentioned, support the merchandise side of the business. Get your orders in. Get your orders in. By midnight tonight, we will have it to you by kickoff on Saturday. Of course, guys, you're on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that bell icon so you get notifications when we, got, when we go live, when we drop new video content as well. Uh, also, of course, the podcast drops every single day, 5 p.m. Eastern, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to check that out, guys. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us five stars. Leave us a review. Let us know what you like, don't like, uh, et cetera. Uh, other than that, guys, stay tuned to social media. All the content, content bleeding out of the eyeballs. And guys, cannot say thank you enough, truly, for all of your love, your support, for making this thing possible. Also, I do have a big announcement coming up, um, an event taking place in November that I'll let you guys make you all aware of. Just something on the personal side, nothing crazy. Don't freak out. doesn't have anything to do with the Gamecocks or really even business. Somewhat has something to do with business, but not really. But I'm just waiting all the details to come in on that. Either way, guys, hey, we've hit 3 o'clock. Thank you all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.